What's up, guys? Thank you for joining us on the Weekly Sit-Down Podcast. This is the kind of show you throw on if you just want some company or to feel like you're hanging out with someone. We mostly feature successful entrepreneurs, but in the end, everyone has a story to tell, and we can all learn from others' experiences, no matter who they are. going on i know i meant to do the video my bad no i did the i did the voice because i'm not going to do video actually this oh. time okay if that's cool what's going on nothing much man this. all right can you hear me good yeah yep you got me yeah you sound good you have headphones by any chance uh, yeah, let me grab them. It just always sounds a little better with headphones. Yeah, hang on one second. Right, you got me? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Busy day? Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> not work-wise, but nutmeg stuff. Film stuff. That's work. Wrap up stuff. That's the real work. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's the good stuff. Yep. So what's going on, man? I, I just recorded and then um I'll chop it up later and add an intro. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, not much. Just we, we had a um, Oscar party last night. Just trying to figure out, you know, get more people involved in the scene. It was it was it was a good party. I don't know. Did you watch the the Oscars at all? I missed uh I missed them. Was it uh, exciting? It was kind of just tame. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> compared to what uh, previous yeah. years? Yeah, just kind of compared to previous years, it was. You know, I, I think people maybe were expecting a lot more in terms of historic speeches and historic awards and everything, and it just kind of slogged on. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, I was happy for, you know, Jordan Peele and Francis McDermott to win, and those speeches were electrifying, but Gary Oldman, man, he is just whacked. Um, <laughs> Do you want to kind of, because I, I missed it, would you be able to give me like a little summary, what happened, or, because I don't even know who those people are that you just mentioned. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so back up, last night was the Oscars, uh, the 90th. Academy Awards. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel was back to host. Thankfully, no mix-ups um, this year with any of the award ballots. Uh, they did bring back Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway to hand the the Best Picture off again, which was nice. Um, but it was it was a big it was a huge year. Um, you had Jordan Peele, who was the first African American ever nominated for Best Original Screenplay, and he would eventually win. You know, you had Greta Gerwig. Um, who was nominated for Best Director for Lady Bird. She didn't take that home. Uh, Guillermo del Toro did with Shape of the Water. Um, and then Frances McDermott, she, you know, she's famous for, for Fargo and a number of, of great films, but she came in for uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Mississippi or Missouri. Can't. <laughs> I always just call it three billboards. Um, yeah. But uh, so she won and, and she had a, a great speech. And one of the things that she talked about was um, inclusion writers. And that's, you know, filmmakers response, uh, something that they could put in their contracts to make sure that the cast, the crew, everybody is, is diverse. And um, so that was that was how she ended her speech. And it was it was a hell of a speech um, just, you know, outside those. And then again, uh, Jordan Peele winning the uh, best original screenplay for get out oh well the get out was awesome i love that yeah, it was great um the rest of the night just kind of slogged on i don't know it was just um you know you had a couple couple good things here and there but it was just a little bit of a a long long show um <laughs> dragged and, on and one thing i'd say you know if you haven't seen it yet go find the picture of uh keegan michael key let me see the, the picture of him 
he's celebrating while Jordan Peele is winning. And it, you know, it shows you, man, they, they have a friendship beyond just, just making content. And, and he was absolutely excited for us. Oh, yeah. They're, well, they're best friends in real life, right? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Or, yeah, close enough, something to it. But, yeah, they, um, if you could find the picture, it's a, it's a great, he's standing on the chair. It's almost like he's crying and he's got his hands in the ears. And it, it's a great, you know, just a great moment for the two of them. Yeah, I have the video here. It says Keegan Michael Key was Jordan Peele's biggest fan at Oscar night. Wow. I mean, I love. Oh, hold on, I'm gonna play it real quick. Yeah. Key and Peele is one of the best shows on. Uh, is it still on? Did they stop? I don't know. They say. I think it's... it's an ad. Would you say? Oh, okay. <laughs> I I don't know if it's still on. I think it may be kind of. It's kind of like Always Sunny, where it comes back when they want it to come back. Like it's not, mm-hmm. you know, if they got material, they'll they'll go and film it and they'll go and shoot it. But I, that's a good question. Always Sunny's also another. Yes. Have they won? I'm sure they've won awards right in the past. No, I don't think they have. I think that's been one of the biggest snubs. I could be wrong, and I'll look it up while we're here. But I think that's that's been one of the biggest snubs. This uh, means so much to me. I, I, I stopped writing this movie about 20 times because I thought it was impossible. I thought it wasn't going to work. I thought no one would ever make this movie. But I kept coming back to it because I knew if someone let me make this movie, that people would hear it and people would see it. So I want to dedicate this to all the people who raised my voice and let me make this movie. That's it? Wow. Huh? They hit you with another ad in between. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on with these ads? Have you noticed YouTube lately is just ads everywhere? Yeah, they changed, uh, I think recently, I think it was almost like a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, they just changed their monetization policy where now you got ads at the beginning, ads in the middle. Mm-hmm. And ads at the um, end. <laughs> ads, yeah, ads at the end, ads bef- you know, between the next show. Um, and I think they even limited how many people could be um, monetized. So they, they got rid of, some of the lower the lower tier folks and made it a little bit more difficult for them to to finance themselves Um, yeah it's like you need four thousand hours of video before you can get monetized yeah that's insane i mean that's (laughs) and and or or a thousand subs yeah and then you have people you know just just trying to get as many subscriptions as possible and it's 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 crazy because it's it's you know they're just pulling trying to pull in subscriptions instead of putting out good content and mm. you know i think i think youtube's uh, not a great move no at this point I, i'm staying away from youtube i'm all twitch now um but here's the here's the answer yep the, uh, always sunny's never won an emmy which is the big one um for mm. for television they have a people's choice award and a satellite award but no no emmy no Jeez. emmy awards which is is criminal for sure man i've i've never seen an episode of always sunny where i didn't just crack up out loud yeah it's (laughs) i was you know i'll send those gifts all the time i actually (laughs) just got recently into uh brockmire if you you like always sunny go check out brockmire um it's on hulu Mm -hmm. it's a it's an ifc show independent film channel yeah um but it's hank azaria of simpsons fame is a washed up baseball announcer. <laughs> the opening three minutes of the pilot episode might be the greatest three minutes in television history. And, and yeah, that in that's stone. a pretty, it's <laughs> a pretty big statement right there. I'll put that in stone. It's, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely hysterical. What is it called again? Brockmire. Brockmire. All right, I'll check it out. I don't have Hulu, but I could probably find it somewhere. Probably. Um, all right, so let's want to kind of give an intro. I met Patrick. Um, was it Shaper or Bumblebiz? I forget. Yeah, it was Shaper. I didn't. I didn't even know about Bumblebiz until you told me about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. I told you about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we met on Shaper. He's another Shaper guest. I've had like half my guests come from Shaper so far. I mean, a little more. It's a, and yeah, it's uh, a great app. Yeah, it's awesome. And we connected on there, and uh, here we are. You want to kind of give a synopsis of who you are, what you do? Uh, yeah, I'll give it a shot anyway. <laughs> um, 
My name is Patrick Whalen. Um, I'm the now co-founder of an organization called the Nutmeg Institute. Uh, we're focused on the, the growth, the connectivity, the education of film, digital media, content creation uh, in Connecticut and, and, you know, and eventually out in, in the New England area. Um, along with doing that, I'm also the city producer for the New Haven, Connecticut 48-hour film project which if anybody's heard about it or, or hasn't, it's it's kind of simple. The, the premise is in the name. Filmmakers get 48 hours to uh, write, shoot, edit, uh, and submit a short film. Uh, and we, we give them criteria, so genre, props, characters, line of dialogue that they have to include. So it's, it's a really just uh, crazy, crazy, crazy weekend of filmmaking. Um, and then outside of those two, I've, I've produced a couple, uh, short films and, and web series. Awesome. He, he, you actually, I've, so I told my friend, I told you I had a filmmaker, um, yes. friend about it. And he said he actually won a 48 hour, um, award for one of his movies. Oh, nice. Is he in New York, New Haven? Do you know where, he, where uh, he's, he's in, he's in New York. Okay. Is there a Long Island sector? No. So there's, um, there's about, I think, I believe there's like 70, um, 70 across the globe mm -hmm. with the majority of them in the United States. But it's, um, I think New York has two. I think it's New York City, obviously, major hub for filmmaking. And then I want to say it's up, the other one's up in like the Buffalo area. So if he did it in, um, if he was in Long Island, he probably did the, the New York City one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming that's a lot of competition, right? Yeah, so we pull in about um, 35 to uh, just shy of 40 teams a year. Um, and then what we like to do is, you know, we send them off on their way and they, they go film and they go make a, a short film. And then we come back and we want to screen everything. So this is a competition for, you know, professionals, semi-professionals, uh, weekend warriors, folks who this is the first time they're ever picking up a camera. So it, it, it's inclusive in that it allows a lot of people the opportunity to just get out, out there and be creative. Uh, but we also want to celebrate that. And, and not a lot of people have an opportunity to see a movie they made up on a theater screen. So that's that's one of the goals that we like to, to do and, and get that out there. So that's, that's the second part. Once they hand it in, it's, all right, time to, well, they get some sleep first because they don't sleep all weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's... A that's a big, um, I'm sure that feels great. Like the first time you saw one of your movies on the screen, how'd you feel? I, you know what? It's, um, I think the first time I did that was back in college. Uh, another filmmaking competition that I went to UConn, they had a filmmaking competition there and it's nerve wracking. I don't, I, I mean, I, I started it and I'm not an actor and I hate one hearing my, my own voice, so I probably won't listen to this podcast. <laughs> no offense. Um, but it, it was nerve-wracking because you, you have all these eyeballs on it. And um, it just you see the, the, the tiny little mistakes that you made in, in magnified, um, in a magnified sense because, you know, the screen's so much bigger and you, you're just worried about what the reaction is. But then after the fact, when everybody comes up to you and says, hey, that's a great job that's when you start to, to feel it and relax a little bit, at least, you know, in my experience. Yeah. Those mistakes though, it's, I'm sure it's like no one else really notices them except you. Oh, probably not. Yeah. Like <laughs> not they're just, all. they're just little things, but, uh, you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And the guy next to you is like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I look great. I'm like, Oh no, no, no. But it's, you know, I didn't cut it, you know, soon enough or, or whatever it was, but yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's exactly that kind of response. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had anyone like, break out like oh my god i wasn't expecting that from this person like they, if they've never filmed of anything before and then they just come out with something amazing yeah so i think it was um i want to say it was two years ago there was a couple of really good ones you know first timers that came in uh the thing with the 48 is you see a lot of the people who do it a lot so we have one team that's i think done like 35 of them and they they bounce around from Boston to New Haven to up uh, Portland, Maine. And so they do maybe two, three, four a year. And so when they they come and do it, they, they know what they're doing. They, they get their shit together. Um, 
and they absolutely, you know, they, they just crush it because they do it so often. Uh, but then other times you'll see it and you're like, oh, that's a, that's a first timer. And one, you know, we had one, I think it, or maybe it was last year actually, but it first time they did a 48, um, great film noir one, the lighting, the cinematography was, was phenomenal. Um, that one was a good one. And then I think two years ago, there was a boxing one that they ended up coming in second place, I believe. Um, and that was their first time doing a 48 too. And it was, you know, great acting, great, you know, cinematography, all the stuff that you want to look for. And it was just, wow, didn't it, you know, not mm-hmm. that we didn't expect it from them, but we didn't expect it from, you know, first timers. Yeah, definitely. I want to send you over, um, the, uh, the movie that my friend made, the, it's called Family Inc. It's on Vimeo. Okay. It's on Vimeo. I'm sure you could look it up, but I'll send you the link too. Yeah, it, awesome. it's it's I watch it and I'm like, how did you make this? Like, I don't understand. Like, it's it looks like a real movie, you know, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm like so overwhelmed. Like, how did you do this? I, I always ask him, like, what did you do here? How did you pull this together like this? It's he directed it. He wrote it. He uh, he I don't know if he filmed the whole thing, but he has drones like it just looks like a professional Jeez. movie. Like, I couldn't believe it. Well, and that's the, like, I think that's the biggest surprise I get from, from some of it is, you know, we'll get movies that come back in two days that are better than movies that had, you know, hundred million dollar budgets and had four months to work on it. And, you know, I'm honestly, I'm not, you know, you using hyperbole here. It's really, you know, there's some bombs out in Hollywood and, and we get some really, really good ones that, that come in and, and that makes us proud and happy to see that. So that's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the movie uh, Ouija, you see that movie? Uh, I think I heard it. I don't think I went to it. Oh, my God. It was such a bad movie. And I'm like, I'm sure they spent at least a million on this movie mm-hmm. to make it. And, oh, my gosh, Ouija. It's, it's about a Ouija board that that uh, starts killing people. Oof. But but none of the none of the scenes connect to each other. Nothing makes sense. There's like a random nazi symbol uh a swastika like on like carved into the wall in one of the scenes and then it never is explained or even referenced again in the movie and it makes no sense and i and i still don't have any idea why it's there and it's just pointless i don't know i don't even get how it got in the movie stuff like that i'm like it baffles me yeah, and I'm kind of glad we're not on camera right now because, like, I'm just got this contorted look on my face of like, how? <laughs> yeah, and it, it's just like, why put a random swastika? What is the what is the point of that? It, it's I don't know. If when you watch the movie, you'll be like, oh my god, I know what he's talking <laughs> about. It's it's almost it's so bad that you will like it probably because you'll laugh the whole movie. Okay, but it's supposed to be scary. Like you're not supposed to laugh. <laughs> but. Yeah. Whatever. Um, you so you mentioned the Nutmeg Institute is into education too on the education side of filming. Mm-hmm. What do you really mean by that? Like a school kind of? Um, not necessarily school, but you know the first thing we're doing is um, you know we're hosting workshops. Um, one workshops for professionals or almost professionals. Um, you uh, Connecticut right now has has a lot of great digital media programs and and. You know, I think years ago, and I'll backtrack first and then kind of get to the main point. Um, you know, years ago, you kind of specialized. So you were a filmmaker, or you were a writer, or you, you know, graphic designer. Now, in today's content world, in today's media world, you kind of have to know how to do a little bit of everything. Um, so, so you're just like this general content creator. So, you know, you, you got to be able to, you know, as you're promoting yourself or promoting your company, pull out your phone and take a, a clear video or, or take um, pictures that are composited well, um, edit them a little bit, be able to, you know, we do it every day when we when we talk on social media, know how to write, know how to uh, come up with an engaging post, because that's, you know, really what it's become is, is trying to engage the most people um, with our own posts, whether it's going grocery shopping or telling people you're going to appear on a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, the first couple workshops that, that we focused on is, uh, the, you know, one is um, the next one we have coming up is the storytelling workshop. So the first part of it is storytelling. If you're going to be a, a filmmaker, storytelling, screenwriting, you know, how to generally just um, 
use the the fundamentals of it and, and put together your 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 story, your film, your play, your book, whatever. And then the second part is um, storytelling for businesses. So how to use, you know, how to understand what you're trying to say and, and whether it's the company's history or the, it's the company's message and, and, and tell a story through that. Mm. So that's aimed at professionals. Um, a couple months ago, we had partnered with a great uh, and amazing um, organization called Skills 21 at Advance, uh, they do work with students, um, middle school to high school age. Uh, they put together filmmaking uh, competitions for them. So they actually do an 84-hour film filmmaking competition. So, mm. yeah, <laughs> wow. which, is how we, which is how we met them because I saw that. And I'm like, oh, well, this seems relatable. Um, Why 84? Just So... <laughs> the, yeah, I, I had the same question because uh, they're students. So they, they wanted to make sure that they had time in the classroom or in the, the school day to work on it. So I believe they get Friday, maybe it's Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday they could go off on their own and do something and then come back and edit like first thing Monday if need be and then hand it in Monday afternoon. So I think that, that totals 48 or 84, I mean. Um, what um, with it's crazy. I mean, now there's going to be a time where it's like 12 year old kids are going to be making movies like real yeah. professional movies with like, Absolutely. right? Yeah. <laughs> and I was lucky enough to um, judge last year that the filmmaking competition that they, they put on last year and it was, you know, you see some of the stuff coming out of these kids and it's, it's great. And they barely have equipment and they, you know, they're doing it in, in the hallways at school, but, you know, they understand the fundamentals of it. So, you know, you give them, you give them time, money and, and, and opportunity and they're going to, they're going to crush it. Yeah, exactly. And there's kids without money who just vlog on their phones and they have yep. like a million subs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, if you just stay consistent, that's like the only thing that really matters with these social media platforms. Yeah, I, I think consistency is probably I'd say 95% of the battle. Um, and then just, just finding something that relates to your audience is the other 5%, maybe, maybe 3%, maybe, you know, <laughs> yeah. smiling is the other two. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making your, making it look like you're happy. But yeah. Like these fake, I don't know if you watch YouTube at all, or if you're into that world, but like Logan Paul, Jake Paul, like all they do is they're just so fake on camera. Oh man, that was, I, I mean, I, I caught up with that with, um, but one of them, one of them had a the, the suicide forest incident, and I think the other one had an issue too. Um, I think one of them, and, and this is what we're kind of fighting against. It was one of the Paul brothers that had a, um, what did he call it? Um, it was like an influencer class. So learn how to yeah, Edfluence. Um, that's Jake Paul. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was just you know. I didn't pay for it because I'm not paying $500 to listen to him tell me how to use a Facebook account. But, you you um, want to know how much of a scam that is? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Did, I, I read some articles. I know how much. <laughs> I think I know, but go ahead. It's you, you sign up and it says, so join Edfluence for $9 or whatever, $7. Mm-hmm. Then you sign up and he says, all right, you get access to like three videos. And then it's like, if you want all the information, you got to pay 50 bucks a month. <laughs> And then after you do that, because someone on YouTube did this, they did that. And then it's 500 bucks to get, now you get the real info. Like, like It's just such a pyramid scam, like kind of thing. Yeah, that's, that's not good. And um, he, he has like a, an Edfluence car now, like one of his, his BMWs is just an Edfluence car. Jesus. I know, man. It's so, it's so cringy. I, I want to know who's doing the taxes for these guys. Yeah, that's, not, that's my question. <laughs> Jake Paul made fifty million last year. Oof. Ugh, right, fair. I know, man, and and Logan Paul's the one with the suicide forest. Okay, yeah, I, I never figured out the two of them. I knew one of them. The other one, maybe it was the suicide forest guy. Maybe it was the other one. He jumped out of a plane shortly afterwards, and his parachute didn't open. It was fake. It was so fake. Oh, like, it was fake. Oh. Yeah, it was like uh it was just he he had to bounce back from he tried to bounce back from it so he apologized and like went on this tour around the world interviewing people who tried to commit suicide and like 
he's like in one of his lines is literally like i never knew how bad suicide was like what are you talking about (laughs) it, it was so the worst thing that i've seen and then he hasn't bounced back yet he's not vlogging anymore like he vlogged for like 500 straight days and now he's not he hasn't vlogged in like a week or two well and i think that brings us back to the the youtube problem that we were seeing before where the monetization was they took way too long to respond to him um and they they you know they kind of let it be and let the community handle it but then they realized they had to step in and at that point the the damage was was very much done um Mm. and so i think youtube has some conflicted loyalties now of somebody's making a lot of money for us somebody isn't we'll kind of let the guy who who is get away with some stuff and that, that's mm-hmm. worrisome it didn't work out because they had to take they they took his ads away or something yeah. they took i forgot what they took away from him and yeah i think or, they took his ads away yeah or they put him in a lower tier i don't know what it was but yeah now he's but he, it's so stupid because while he was gone he gained a million subscribers yeah, right. so it's just like people want to see him burn basically like see see the downfall yeah, we like train wrecks. What can it's I say? <laughs> it's really true. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with him now, but YouTube is like we said. It's a, it's a unless they revitalize themselves, they're they're going down. Yeah, they're they have a core. I mean, they have core audience and they have core streamers, and I don't know how much they're gaining is the bigger question. Um, you know, like Facebook is struggling to gain users too, so it's it, it's more. It, you know, it's it's all about the gains, but um, mm-hmm. I think you know they're they're going to focus on on the community they do have and not even you know think that they're invincible. Kind of you know the blockbuster model of mm. oh no no we're good. <laughs> yeah, you can't be doing that. Every time you feel safe, that's when you should not feel safe. Yep. And uh, uh, Jake Paul, well not Jake Paul, um, Twitch, the biggest Twitch streamer right now, and so this shows you how new Twitch is. Has a hundred thousand subscribers. The biggest streamer on Twitch. That's how new it is. And what is it? 65 million PewDiePie is the most on YouTube. <laughs> so that's how new it is. So like that's yeah. that's why I feel like getting in now is the time. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's something we were, we were thinking of doing. Um, last year we did a, for our 48, we did a live stream of um, just like a question and answer panel, but definitely maybe convert it to twitch this year and and you know on the red carpet because we do a little red carpet at our awards night so maybe do mm-hmm. try to go live as much as possible so i think that's i think that would know. be cool for your platform too because you guys can have the interaction with your your following that you have so far and they'll be talking to you live in the chat like asking questions and mm-hmm. it kind of just fuels itself because you're talking to the community you don't have to think of what you have to say it's not like being on a podcast by yourself you're just inter- you're just interacting. Yeah, and you just yeah you're interacting with uh, question you know questions just coming digitally. And I'm is, sure with you get you get so many of the same questions over and over again probably. Yeah, so that's um, so we get a lot of you know for the 48. It's how do I do this? How do I do that? And that's that's really kind of where the genesis of Nutmeg Institute came out of. Um, my partner and I were working another film festival out of state and we just wanted to do something closer. And on the other end, we were getting questions like, well, I don't know how to do sound in my film or I don't know how to do this. So like, okay, well, what if we, you know, do something down here? And that's where the kind of the idea for the workshops came about was let's, let's start hosting some workshops. And there's a weird thing right now. Um, a little background on the Connecticut film industry and the film history it's not good um (laughs) it's it's not great it's got a lot of great people in it that are involved it's got a lot of great um production staff that come out of here Uh, really you know intelligent folks really uh, hard-working folks but there's very little infrastructure so nobody travels um for a state that's very very small you know, you can't pull in people from one side of it to another for a meeting or or one side of it to the middle for, for a workshop. So I think using, you know, some of these online tools online, you know, like Twitch or, or, um, you know, 
Periscope, if that's still around, or, mm-hmm. or Facebook Live. Um, bring them, you know, use those things to video, you know, record what's what's happening so that people elsewhere can can see it and then maybe come out at another time. So that's on the list. <laughs> yeah, I think Periscope is Twitter, right? Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That never took off really either. It was. It, I heard it for a while, but I don't think it really blew up. Yeah, I don't know if it was ever split or if if Twitter just absorbed it and then kind of did Twitter things with it. Which the thing that's always going to be the most receptive for people is video. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, if it's if it's a choice between writing or audio or video. If you have it, the choice, I mean, you got to choose video, I would think. Yeah, though, I mean, you know it, that I think a lot of people are going towards podcasts, too. You know, they just plug in their headphones um, in the car or, or exercising or whatever and, and mm-hmm. just listen. You know, if I'm going for a run, I'd, you know, rather put in headphones. I can't, you know, hold a video mm-hmm. on my phone, you know, <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> just be able to listen to it. So I think it's... yeah. I think it's definitely split, you know, definitely moving away from the written word, which I got an English degree, so that, that upsets me, but, um, <laughs> you got to adapt. So, yeah. and there, there's writing behind video, so you just have to be able, and, and audio, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't so know just, many just people, I don't know many people who read books, really. They listen to books, but they don't really read them. I know so many people on Audible. Yeah, I. That's one thing I will probably never get behind. But I, like you, I know a lot of people um, on them, and they're just, oh, I, I read a book, and then they start talking about, oh, I had it in my car and it was playing. I was like, that's not reading a book, but yeah, because you're <laughs> you're not really paying attention to anything. No. <laughs> you're you're doing something else. Maybe you'll absorb like ten percent of it, but you're not going to really remember anything too uh, pivotal. Yeah, it's just you know, it's just like noise in the background. Yeah, I'm a fan of reading read actually reading a book <laughs> it's uh something it's it's cool because i mean i guess it works with audio audible too because it leaves something to the imagination everyone interprets it interprets it a different way and has a different vision in their head of what their person's describing mm-hmm. but yep. with video it's like this is how the directors thought of it that's just one yes. way yeah Absolutely. And that, you know, that comes out of the same thing with scripts too, is, you know, uh, we've seen remakes, you know, look at, I guess maybe the big example is Great Gatsby. It is a, it's a two movies, the books ancient, um, and, and both adaptation adaptations were different. One was glitzy and glammy. The other one was kind of tepid and stale. And, you didn't and like the Leo one? I'm gonna be honest with you. I've fallen asleep in three movies my entire life. That was one of them. Oh, <laughs> it was like three hours. I, it was. And <laughs> I woke up and I, I don't know what I missed. Like I, I, I remember seeing all the key parts. You know, the 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 parties and the the billboard and the the car. Ch- you know, the car chase at the end and and going to New York. And I don't remember. I don't remember missing a thing, but I know I fell asleep. Yeah. Well, the, these movie theaters now are like are, uh, really comfortable. <laughs> it's easy to yeah. fall asleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it probably didn't help. We went to the bar before and it was like an 11 o'clock show, but it is what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those late night movies don't usually work out for me. Nope. Definitely not. So you said, um, did you, I don't know if you mentioned it. I think you did. You said you guys help people write scripts too. You teach them like the format. So that's, um, I mean, that's going to be at the workshop that we're doing um, next month. It's in Hampton, Connecticut. Uh, not next month, at the end of this month. I keep forgetting we're in March. Um, the end of this month is, is one of them. I'm not a big fan of telling people how to um, format, though. You know, I, the, the focus of the, the workshop is just storytelling and, and fundamentals. Um, and when we've taught kids, uh, middle school kids, you know, we've done a couple workshops with them too. Our biggest thing isn't about the formatting the story. You know, if you got a word document or even just a, a legal pad, mm-hmm. write it however you are comfortable with it, and you know, go from there. As long as you can understand what's what's in there, you know what actions are happening, you know who's saying what. Um, 
I don't think it needs to be, you know, right now anyway, needs to be in, in, you know, Hollywood standard format. I mean, yes, if you're submitting it to agents and, and studios and everything, obviously do do it the way that they want it. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, if, if you're just making something with your friends on the weekend and, and you know what you're trying to make and, and your script is clear with, you know, it could be written like a novel, it could be written like a comic book script, whatever it is, you know, just... I'm not a big, like I said, I'm not a big, big guy that says it has to be done this way. Um, our bigger focus is on, is the story itself sound? Um, so that's one of the ones that we always push. And then, you know, referencing sound is the sound good. Um, sound is, is probably one of the most important pieces of a film that you could get. And it's, it it makes or breaks it because you might have the best dialogue in the world, but if, it's muddled and it's sloppy sound and, and you can't hear a thing. And, you know, you got airplanes taken off in the back <laughs> and you got wind, especially wind. Um, we're not going to, we're going to have no idea, you know, what that, that awesome, awesome dialogue is. So that's, that's our other big one is, is you could, you know, you could cover up some other things in your film, but sound is one of the ones that you, you should watch out for. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think sounds the most, probably the most important. I mean, for podcasting, obviously it is. Yeah. I uh, I always uh, really get OCD about the the audio on these. I in post, I'll just, I don't know. Are you familiar with how Audacity works? Not much. Oh uh, yeah. Well, there there's a there's like twenty different um, things you can do in post production on the audio, and I just looked up how to make it sound the best, like put gain on your voice and stuff and i add all these different things to it because that's the what i need it to sound good and then that's yeah. the most important thing for me um so what do you look for you said like you make sure the story is sound what is like an example of like a not sound story i guess like if it doesn't really line up in your head really yeah or it doesn't um so I think, you know, I think one of my, one of my favorite movies is, you know, I, I think an example is better, but one of my favorite movies is Jurassic Park. And some will argue with me, but I think it's a very sound film um, in the way that it uses cause and effect. You know, something, you know, thing A, you know, because of A, B happens. And that happens all throughout the movie. You know, the, uh, Lex, the Lexi, the young girl mentions, I know how to do computers and, you know, it's the 90s, so she said she was a hacker, but what she really just knew how to do was, was use the operating system. Um, it, it, uh, you, you know, you talk early on about the, the, the females, uh, female dinosaurs in the park and, and the not breeding, breeding. So there's just a lot of moments that, that, that are callbacks from, from previous scenes that it's, it's because of, because that happened earlier, it's going to only lead to this. And I think, you know, that's something that, people should, you know, take into account for it. I think a lot of people are just, you know, enjoy the flashy, enjoy the dialogue. You know, Tarantino movies are sound. You know, if you take them apart and you just see the skeleton of them, they're sound. If you you watch them, they kind of seem a little all over the place, um, filled with swears and distracting and bloody and gory, but they're sound. And they, they go from point A to point B to point C and, and, and in, a, in a progression that makes sense. Um, and I think that's that's the one thing, you know, does this progression make sense? Are these characters acting as they were intended to and as they're supposed to? Mm-hmm. Does something change uh, midway through it? Do you uh, have that, do you have random swastikas stickers in the background that make no sense? Uh, Stuff like no, that. <laughs> no. <laughs> those are the things you look for. I got you. Those are, yeah. <laughs> the red flags. <laughs> so, um all right, cool. I mean, I've written a how many have you written a bunch of scripts so far in your career? I've I think I've written I've only written a few um and they were a couple years ago. I've taken more towards the producer track of things um mm-hmm. as I've gotten older. So, you know, organizing the shoots, seeing which ones make, you know, most sense to actually pursue. Um, you know, you and I when we talked last week I told you I, I work on insurance uh, for the day job mm-hmm. and you know, people are like, Oh, how do you, you know, that's so weird. How do you do both? But 
you know, I see it as, especially when you get to the, you know, the underside of insurance, you're essentially a risk manager. You, you know, don't want the company to lose money. And it's the same thing when you go to making a film. It's, you you don't want to lose money. You you don't want to put out a bad product. And so it's, it's that idea is, is understanding what I'm reading, understanding what we're, we're putting out there and, and is it doable? It, you know, we have a, my partners and I, we have a script. It's amazing. It's also going to cost us $30 million, which we don't have. What? So if, anybody's, <laughs> if anybody's listening, wants to give us $30 million, by all means, um, <laughs> I'll send you the address. You could write the check, but yeah. you know, we, we know we can't do it and we want to do it right. Um, so, so we can't do it in our backyard with, with a couple friends we need, you know, this is a story that one definitely needs to be told and two needs to be told the right way. And, and, you know, that's, that's one thing that we always look at too is, you know, can we do it on a budget? Probably. Should we do it on a budget? Probably not. And that's, that's the other thing that we take into account is what makes sense. Yeah. And in Hollywood, I feel like they all they really care about is how much did you spend to make the movie and how much did the movie make? Right. And um, whatever the difference is, that's a good movie. <laughs> yep. Basically. And, and yeah, that was, I mean, you look at the, just this year, we were talking about get out earlier that made, you know, that was a very, very, very small budget and they made it back very easily. Um, especially through just word of mouth reviews. So that, that why it was uh, such a darling this year was, um, it made its money back and, and don't get me wrong. It was a great movie, but it made its money back. And, and so that was you know, definitely one of the reasons why they loved it. Um, and then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you had um, Blade Runner 2049 did not make its money back at all. Um, mm. But it, it was critically acclaimed too. And it was just, mm, you know, what are we going to do about it? And, and that's, I think one of the reasons why it was a little limited in its, Oscar nominees is it looked pretty. Mm-hmm. It was a great story, but didn't didn't get money back. So it's it's a hard sell. Yeah, definitely. I uh I've written a couple I've written two scripts, but not movies. I've written just like um we have this cartoon show called Dead Annie that we're uh hoping gets picked up soon. We're gonna pitch it at the end of the month um to Cartoon Network and a couple other companies. But uh it's just, it's it's not the formatting was the thing that I had to had to research the most to see how to how everything has to be written how you have to have um, a little bit of the background story on everyone and because we wrote a pilot mm-hmm. and yeah like that's kind of the thing that that I had the most trouble with but then I found this website writer duet and I don't know if you know what that is and it just yeah. it formats yeah. it for you. <laughs> Yeah, and this is a uh, you know another unsponsored plug, but I use Celtics a lot. Uh, CLTX, um, that one puts it in its format as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're like you know going back to what we were talking about before, if you're submitting it somewhere, you definitely need the format. And if if you're submitting it for a series, the other piece of it, you know, with with those character descriptions, is a show bible or at least you know a one pager saying this is what you know what the story is about and along with the script obviously but that's when you need the that's when you need that formatting yeah definitely can you think of any movies offhand that you just don't understand the hype like why why is this a good movie or considered a good movie um like i've seen so many vit, so many movies like i i actually can't even think of any right now offhand but like their Rotten Tomatoes, like ninety nine, and I'm like, this movie. I hated this movie. Like after I watch it, and oh, I gotta think of one. Uh, I'm probably gonna get a lot of shit for this, but I'm gonna go with Black Panther. Wow. Yeah. So, and I'll tell you why, and and it's because the story to me just just didn't line up. I, I you know, first of all, I thought the acting was great. I, I love Chadwick Boseman. You know, he's great in Forty Two. I thought he was actually better in uh, Captain America: Civil War than he was in Black Panther, mm-hmm. um, but he was still he's still a great actor. Um, the, the the young woman who plays his sister, who I'm blanking on her name, and I'll do my best to look it up for you. Uh, mm-hmm. She was 
she was phenomenal. She brought, you know, energy to every scene that she was in. Uh, what is her name? Uh, one I one I didn't get was the first Batman with um with what's his name? The new Batman. Uh, uh What's his name? Christian Bale or with um, No, not Christian Bale. I liked all those. What's his name? Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Yeah. Not yeah, that was, not Batman versus Superman. What was the other one? Just he was, I think he was only in Justice League. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. I was just like I don't like I don't like Ben Affleck as Batman. He he, free, he bugs me out and he's too jacked. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's it's weird looking. I love Christian Bale is great. Um Oh my god, yeah. The freaking um the second one, uh, what was it? Dark, the Dark Knight. Yeah, that was the best movie. That, was, that, that was, one was really good. Can't beat that. Um, oh, here it's—I believe her name's Letitia Wright. Uh, she played Shuri in Black Panther. She was she was great. Um, she was excitable, smart, awesome, awesome character too. Um, Lupita Nyong'o was great. Michael B. Jordan was fantastic. But then the story was just—and this is where I had an issue was. And I'll preface it by saying I haven't been high on superhero movies in a while. So mm-hmm. Batman vs. Superman, Justice League, even, you know, the Spider-Man from last year. This, you know, it was just kind of eh, just, just meh. We keep Four switching mates. up Spider-Man. It's been, we have three different Spider-Man since I've in been around. Ten, yeah, what, 10 years? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, we can't keep doing that. Yeah. Now that. And this new Spider-Man's like so skinny and little. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, so I think that that might have was one of the reasons why I wasn't into it either. Um, into superhero, you know, just drop. I think there's a superhero bubble, and and I, I'm hoping it bursts soon. Um, like Logan's great, but Logan was was essentially the the end of superheroes. Um, but you know, with Black Panther, I I just thought the story was, you know, the first hour was three set pieces. It was rescue the girlfriend who didn't need to be rescued. <laughs> it was. Um, <laughs> ritualistic combat in a future society which was fine i mean the fight looked great but it was just a little weird um and then the obligatory marvel superhero movie car chase (laughs) that's their format (laughs) that's the format and then the second half of the movie was you know uncle scar killed mufasa and then simba goes on you know simba's maybe dead And, 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 you know, it's Hamlet. It's, is he dead? Is he not dead? Is he sneaking around? And I just, you know, I think there was a little too much. I don't know. It's just too predictable. It it was too predictable. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you kind of knew it was, was going to come and like the other group was going to come and save the day. And it was, like I said, some of the acting was, was phenomenal. I, I, I actually thought, um, the only one that I, I, I wasn't a fan of, and it wasn't necessarily the acting; it was just the character. Was uh, Daniel Kaluuya's, who was um, the main character in Get Out. Um, he uh, his character was just a little weak, but that was um, yeah. This is this is why I'm going to get some shit because I you know said the biggest movie in the the last decade <laughs> wasn't great. Um, I'm just trying to think what it was. PG thirteen too, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean that usually steers me away. <laughs> to begin with, I don't know why. It's just I feel like you can't be fully real if you're doing that. If throwing the PG thirteen on there, yeah, I don't. I don't know what it was. I think it just. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the sequel because I think once they got all the typical stuff out of the way, the world building, now they could go and, and really tackle a lot of the the ideas that they were they were trying to discuss. And that was my, you know. It was, you know, the the message behind it was awesome, but the just it was predictable. Um, Black Panther is Marvel, you said. Yeah, it's Marvel. Yeah, I didn't see Black Panther, but I I guess I got to get over there. I'm seeing Annihilation tonight. Oh, that I've read that book. The, those books were those books were weird, uh, but that looks that looks great. Good weird. Trippy good weird. Yeah. All right, trippy good weird's good. Avatar yeah, was, was a, trippy, good, weird. I think this is going to be a um, different kind of Avatar. Um, it still has a little bit of that tree hugger sense in it, but it's it had like a nihilist um, 
ideas in it. It had a couple. Um, yeah, it was. It was. I'd go the still trippy, good weird, but on a different scale than than Avatar. Avatar, I guess you're a fan of, right? Everyone is. I wasn't. Oh, you weren't. Yeah, I guess that might have been a better one to use than the biggest movie. I'll just use the real biggest movie versus the biggest movie of, of the month. Uh, I thought Avatar was, was predictable, too. Yeah, I can see that. But I don't know. I, I guess because at the time when it came out, no one saw that kind of technology, really. Yeah. And, like, I remember telling my buddy, like, I dragged my buddies to go see it. And they're like, oh, you know, what's, oh, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. I'm like, listen, I'll, I'll buy guys dinner if we if you don't like it. And, you know, the the tech was great. I was never a big fan of 3D though. Just you know, I get headaches and whatnot. Um, so we walked out, and the minute the credits rolled up, I'm like, "All right, where are we going for dinner?" With <laughs> McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never opt for the 3D movies anymore. I can't. No. It's it, until they figure out how to make those a lot easier on the eyes. I mm-hmm. I, I take the glasses off while I'm watching, and I'd rather watch it in that little weird kind of 3D. Just the blue red those blue red lines. Yeah, instead of having those glasses on, because it just screws with me so bad. You mentioned Logan. I love that movie. Oh, that was a fantastic movie. Oh my gosh, man! Like, if it was cool, how? Because I was thinking while I'm watching it, like, what they're gonna have this old broken down Logan the whole movie, and then they come in with the old school Logan, like, yeah. this kills everyone. Like, all right, there we uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> Because I was, I was gonna, I was like, ah, oh, we're not gonna really see any cool like kill scenes if he's just this broken down dude. And then mm-hmm. they they gave him the uh, whatever that green stuff is at the end, and he oh the um, yeah the, I don't remember what they called it, but yeah, it was like the special you know yeah steroid, the, the serum whatever serum. yeah, and it just he just starts killing everyone, and they threw like that girl's his daughter right? Uh, clone. She's a clone of him. So it's. I think she was supposed to be uh, X twenty three, who is is a character from the comics and also from uh, it was a cartoon years ago called X Men Evolution, where she, um, you know, there was a, another clone of him. So she, like they were clone, kept trying to clone him or or replicate his um, him through you know. So he was X. I think he was just Weapon X, and then they started adding numbers after that. So she was the twenty third iteration. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't know if they explicitly said that in the movie. I can't remember, but I think that was the point of, of her. So, so are they done with the X-Men movies? Like that's the end? I see. I don't know. They're coming out with Fox is coming out with dark Phoenix with the, um, you know, you had Michael Fassbender and, and Jennifer Lawrence and, um, uh, Sophie Turner, who's from game of Thrones Mm. But then Disney just acquired most of Fox, uh, everything except for, I think, Fox News and I think Fox Sports won. So Disney mm. was able to acquire most of those missing Marvel pieces. So they had had access to the Avengers, you know, Iron Man, Captain America, but they didn't have access to the X-Men. They didn't have access to Fantastic Four. So now they do. And I don't know if they're going to let Phoenix, even Dark Phoenix, be the last movie, or and then start again, again, <laughs> again, 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 again. Um, they better not give us another Logan like Spider Man. Yeah, I don't. I, I think I think they will, but I think I'm wondering if I don't know how they're going to do that because that was the point of the first class movies, which was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to move on past this. We're going to go back and retell the story, but without hampering it with, with Logan mythology. And then they hampered it with Logan mythology. Um, and <laughs> I love Hugh Jackman. He, he's great. Um, but I think, yeah, they kind of got tied down just trying to put him in all the movies. They're not going to be able to get another Professor X either. You're not going to beat him. I forget his name, the bald guy. Uh, well, they had Patrick Stewart, and then they did yeah. um, James McAvoy. James McAvoy played him in the um, in the second series. So it's oh, you know, okay. they've tried, 
They but, they brought back Stewart though. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like we're not gonna notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and they had um they were, um Michael Fassbender was playing the young Ian McKellen, so it was, they, they tried to get younger versions of everybody, and I think Fassbender was great. Um, so I, Disney, I thought, so now you're saying Disney owns Fox, and don't they own ABC also? Yeah, so they always owned. I think it was back in the '80s. They they picked up ABC. Um, they don't own the. I don't believe they own the Fox Network. I think that stayed okay. with Fox, um, and especially you know Fox News and Fox Sports stayed with Fox. Um, I could be wrong though because I thought I saw memes online about how the Simpsons are now owned by Disney, and the Simpsons predicted that because the Simpsons predicted everything. But you know if you throw up so many shots some of them are bound to go in so how do they explain that like i've seen the way you're talking about with the simpsons how do they how do they explain that they've called so many shots (laughs) yeah i think i wonder how many i don't think we pay attention to to the ones they got wrong though um true but i think they're just smart they you know they pay attention to the the landscape and and understand the juggernaut that that is disney they understand a lot of you know they understand just the the industry itself so they they're able to make the joke same thing you know almost so, on the opposite end where with, with family guy and Seth MacFarlane who is making jokes about certain individuals mm-hmm. before things were made public so they they kind of just they they knew how things went and they 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 did different things with the the platform you know Simpsons tried to predict it family guy was taking not so subtle veiled shots at at people Simpsons it's still going right I think so I think I had originally thought they wanted to go until they're gonna make like they were wanted to make a second movie whenever they make the second movie it's they're done yeah that's gonna be the end which is not a bad way to go out no for sure I mean South Park they've had they still have the one movie right bigger longer uncut that was it did they get a second one? I'm pretty sure that was it so far. But South Park's another they one. Got a, they got video games. That's what it was. Yeah. I mean, that's another one where they... I, I love how... They'll make an episode every week, I think. Like, just with current events. And it's it was, like, made, like, the two weeks before it's aired. Mm-hmm. Have, I, you, have you seen those, like, behind-the-scenes documentaries on them? No, they have those? Yeah, they're... Um, I'll see if I can send one to you, but you know, I think it was around the time of. It's been a while since I've watched South Park, but I think it was around the time of the initial Obama's initial um, election victory back in '08, mm-hmm. and they were, whatever the story was going to be, they were going to you know write the episode based on the winner of the election, so they had to wait until Tuesday night. And I think the episode was airing Thursday night or Wednesday night or something. So they had, you know, 20, <laughs> 24 to 48 hours to make an episode. So it's a, yeah, it's a, there's a great behind the scenes look at just how they did it. Wow. And, they pulled a 48 hour challenge. I, they did. <laughs> that's cool. And ulti- that's the ultimate right there. A South Park episode. That's, yeah. <laughs> Have, you haven't had any um, experience with like animated shows, right? I, not personally, no. Uh, we, I mean, the extent of it is, you know, we know some folks that work on um, puppet, puppeteer shows, um, uh, little web series and such, but not any um, hand-drawn or, or digitally drawn shows. Puppeteer shows, what do you mean? Like actual hand puppets? Uh, like basically think uh, perverted Muppets, yeah. Perverted Muppets, yeah. <laughs> Are there, is there anywhere where we can see that? Like where can we see all stuff related to you? Uh, so you could go to, um, I'll give them a shout out cause they're a great group. That's, that's from Connecticut. They're Elmwood productions. Um, that's a separate one. Just, just a couple of our friends. Um, but if you want to check out stuff for us, you could go to nutmeginstitute.com mm-hmm. and we have a, a blog on there that we try to feature, um, content creators just writing in their own story, you know, in their own words. And we have, you know, our event events page so you can see what's coming up and then the other one is 
it's uh, 48hourfilmproject.com backslash New Haven um, is our city. But, you know, if, if people are listening to this in, in California or Arizona or Texas or wherever, you could just go on there and, and find one that's that's local to you. Awesome, awesome. And we'll have YouTube soon, right? Um, those are, yeah, so I think we have a Nutmeg Institute. We have a, a YouTube page. It's, it's small right now. Uh, we, so the, is our, we have like an intro video, just, just explaining who we are, what we do. And then the second couple of videos that are up there are, um, so every month we try to host a movie brunch. So we, we have our, our host venue that that comes in and you know we, we go to we just put in a movie on people enjoy the brunch they're just hanging out watching a movie so, but we tried to um you ever watch turner classic movies with um the guys that introduced the films robert osborne mm, i don't think i'm so bad with names like all these names you said if i saw their faces <laughs> i would know he's uh he passed away but he was a white-haired guy and then ben mendelson is the other one glasses dark-haired but they you know, if you turn on a movie on Turner Classic Movies, before it starts, they do a little intro to, you know, what movie you're about to see. And so we decided to take that idea and adopt it more for the millennial culture. Mm. Um, so they're shorter videos. They get right to the heart of it. There's pop-ups. There's, you know, wording in it. So those are a couple that are on there. And then we have a few shows in the works that will be focused on the Connecticut content creators, Connecticut film industry that are going to be popped up on our YouTube uh, later this year. Awesome, man. And maybe a little Twitch. We all know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe a little Twitch. You never know. I'll have to give you a call. Just make sure I'm doing it right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it took me a week to figure out how to get on there and how to... You have to download a couple programs before you can even use it. But uh, yeah, definitely I'll help you out with that. Um, do you, I think while we're winding down here towards the end, do you have any, maybe like bullet points for listeners on how to really get into the industry or maybe like script writing or stuff like that? I'd say, you know, if you know, just getting in the industry in general is the best case to do it, you know, whether you want to be a director, writer, whatever, just, just try to hop on as many scripts, as, uh, not scripts, as many sets as you can. So just hop on, you know, find sets that are around you. And, and that's one of our goals is, is connecting people. Um, so just go and work your butt off. Um, people, and that's how this industry works is, you know, they, it's word of mouth. So if you show up one day and just sit on your ass and don't do anything, you're not going to get a call back. Um, go and you got to go and hustle and it's going to be some long hours, but you're going to make a lot of a lot of awesome connections and they're going to help you through the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just say, you know, go just find something close and see if you can hop on. I mean, if you're willing to, you know, you're going to have to work for free for a little bit, probably if you're going to you know, try to be a production assistant to start, but it's, it's worth it. And, and those connections you make are, are going to help you through the next one. Um, and then the other one is, is tied to that. And it's kind of tied to any job that you get is, you know, I learned it through the, the film industry is, is, you know, if you're early, you're on time. If you're, you're on time, you're late. And if you're, you're late, get the fuck off my set. Um, mm, is that like a rule you have? Yeah, it's, it's a rule. Any, you, you go on set, that's, that's going to be the rule is, is anybody who's good and who's stuck around this, this industry, that's the rule. Yeah. You're not really taking it seriously if you're late. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, that's good for any job, any opportunity at all. Yeah. Sweet, man. Um, All right, I think we're good here then. I think, uh, sweet. Thank you for coming on. I want... Appreciate having me. Yeah, man. Well, uh, we'll keep, we'll stay in touch and send me your stuff. Oh, yeah, you're from New Haven, right? Yes. Well, the New Haven area, yeah. Yeah, I was in New Haven like six or seven years ago. I don't know if it's if it's gotten better with a better area since then. But when I was over there, it was like a little crime. <laughs> I I think any major city has that. But yeah. it's it is really a very arts focused city, which is great, mm-hmm. and they support us. Uh, there's a lot of startups popping over, you know, popping up in there now too. So it's a great little space for emerging businesses, emerging entrepreneurs, cool. storytellers. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, crime is crime. It's going to be there. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. I remember someone called it gun wave in New Haven. I was like, I'm, why am I here? What do you mean? But no, I didn't really see anything that was too suspect. It's just what yeah. they, they were. It was like a rumor, I guess. You're not going to see anything worse than, you know, you see in New York City. Exactly. Uh, or, or, or anywhere else, you know, Atlanta or, or Detroit or whatever. It's it, and even even then it's it's exaggerated to a degree because there, there are a lot of really cool spaces. There's a lot of really great people that work there um yeah it's it's a fun it's a fun town and they embrace us awesome man thank you yeah thank you uh i'll talk to you soon if you want to send me over those links and stuff or yeah i'll send you some stuff Mm -hmm. and then um yeah i think you were gonna send me something too but we'll figure it out (laughs) when you listen to it just just remind me if, if i'm missing something for sure and i know you won't listen to it so i won't even ask you to. Nah, I'll, I'll, I'll post it though make sure we <laughs> post it and share it and somebody could tell me how i did <laughs> all right sounds good patrick it was good talking right. to you you too take it easy man all right see you patrick whalen everyone Thanks for listening, guys. I hope the show made your day a little better. If you enjoyed it, I ask if you could take a couple minutes and please subscribe, leave a review, and a rating. It helps so much more than you know. If you want to contact us, go to weeklysitdown.com and connect. And remember, guys, follow your fucking dreams.